0: Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. All right. So I have a prophetic word for you guys this morning. Um, (laughs) Well, I'm not sure y'all are going to be that happy about it. But it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Jesus is always good, and everything that he does leads us into the fullness of the things that he has for us. He loves us, and he wants us to be Um, filled with his glory. And we're in the process of that right now on the earth. I will shake everything that can be shaken so that all will come to the desire of all nations. So we're in the process of the shaking and we're in the process of coming so that all will come, all will come. And we're in the process of that right now. And that's where the body of Christ is right now. And uh, the shaking is, um, it's incredible. We are, we are flat out in Matthew 24 right now. For those of you who know, know. Who, those of you that don't, I encourage you to, to do something. Read this. It'll tell you everything you need to know about where we are, where we're going. It'll tell you about the nature and the heart of God and how much he loves us and he's for us. He's not trying to hurt us, but he's trying to save us, to bring us into the fullness of his love and the fullness of his nature and the fullness of his glory before he sends his son back the second time. So I got a word from the Lord. Do y'all remember, how many of you were here on Easter Sunday? Can you raise your hand? Okay, I preached an awesome message for those of you who weren't here, (laughs) (laughs) repent. Anyway, I talked about the Last Supper. I talked about Passover and the Last Supper because that's what was happening right before Jesus went to the cross. That was his last meal. You know, it was unleavened bread. It was lamb. He was the lamb of God. He was the unleavened bread. We talked about that. He wasn't the big old fat leavened bread that gives you the, you know, the uh, the mushroom top. <laughs> now, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Anyway, it had it wasn't the bread with gluten; it was the gluten free. Jesus is the gluten free bread. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, uh, we're talking about that, but there was a there was a conversation that was happening. We talked about that in in John chapter thirteen through seventeen. Jesus was actually having this long conversation, four chapters, of pouring out his heart to his disciples, not only was he saying to them, this is what I have for you. These are my prayers for you. This is my heart for you. But he was also saying, this is my heart for those that are gonna come after you. And there's so much, there's so much meat there that he was depositing in them. And so we talked about that a little bit on um, um, Easter Sunday. The next day, that next Monday, I wake up And I get this message from the Lord for the body of Christ. And, you know, you you can hear the voice of God, and sometimes it's a one, still small voice, and sometimes it's a ten. This was about a nine when I heard him. My spirit opened up, and he poured the words in my spirit, and it felt like an echo in my spirit. And I always know, okay, pay attention, and he said this to me. He said, Jesus is God of the door. And I immediately thought of Revelation chapter 3 about the Laocidian church. That's what came to my mind, and that's what came up in my spirit. I also began to um, think about Revelation 4.1, and we're going to go there in a minute, but I came back, um, I came the next day and I'm sitting in the prayer room and they're singing a song up here on the stage and all of a sudden I start singing loudly. You know, the prayer room's kind of quiet. You know, nobody's like, it's not like a corporate worship setting like this is. I mean, you can sing here and nobody's really gonna hear whether you're off key or not. <laughs> And so John had come into the prayer room, and we were over in this area, and we're praying together, and we're just, you know, Ariel is just worshiping beautifully. and 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 all of a sudden, I start singing loudly, the door, the door, the door. And I'm in the spirit, and I don't even really realize what I'm doing. But for those of you who have ever been near me when I sing, John just starts slowly patting me, like... <laughs> And he says, honey, (laughs) and I have no, and I come back, and I'm like, oh, and I'm, okay, I'm going to do it for you, because I'm like, the door, the door, the door, the door, and he's like, what is, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing, (laughs) just Got kind of taken captive there. I know Jesus probably sings like, I don't know, some sort of Italian opera singer or something. So I go to the back of the room and I'm talking to Matthew, Pastor Matthew. And um I said to him, I cannot, I can't get away from this. This is this is like it's like taking me captive. This Jesus is God of the door. And I start telling him this. I start talking about this, this. This, I, I feel like walking through this door and this supper and this... And he said, have you listened to Mike Bickle's word about this? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he said, Mike Bickle from the International House of Prayer... He got a word about this. He had an encounter with the Lord where the Lord took him into a vision and he saw an open door. And he said he he knew it was Revelation chapter 3 at the Laodicean church. And I'm like, "What? <laughs> Such beautiful confirmation." And then the next day, a good friend of mine, Pastor Jason Hooper calls me from Alabama. And he said, hey, Tracy, um, I don't know why I'm calling you, but I just felt like the Lord wanted me to call you this morning because when I talk to you, I get revelation. And I said, well, let me tell you what I'm hearing the Lord say. So I told him about this door, and he just goes ballistic, and he said, this is what the Lord has been saying to me. He just spoke to me about this open door. So anyway... All of that to say, confirmation, confirmation, confirmation. These people are are um, prophets that are over the land and over the body of Christ. So what exactly um, do you think the Lord is saying here? Turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 3. So I'm going to go ahead and read this. This. Um, So follow along. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, right? How many of you think this could possibly maybe be the American church? Right? These things, says the amen, the faithful, and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither hot nor cold. He should have said, I know your works, that you love entertainment, I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And do not know, do you not know that you are wretched and miserable, poor and blind and naked? I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock." If anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come into him and dine with him and he with me to him whoever comes I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father now there's a huge promise there to the church of America to this wealthy Western church that has gotten so fat on leaven, the leaven of the culture, that we're actually not really hungry for the things of God anymore. We've allowed ourselves to get so fat with things that don't matter, that we've now become rich in earthly things instead of allowing ourselves to become poor in the spirit. And our hunger for the things of God has waned, and he's warning us because he loves us. He's rebuking us and chastening us because he loves us. And he's saying, these things are not me, and you will never realize the fullness of my love and you will never truly become the gold that i've created you to become you will not be ready for when i return praise god so i haven't been able to shake this statement jesus is god of the door and so i if you look at this scripture here and i want to highlight in in verse 20 what what he's saying here is he saying, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will dine with him and him with me. So um, he's saying there's actually a table that I'm setting before you. And when you come through a door, so we're gonna be talking about a door, that's number one. And then he says, he says, if you hear my voice, that's number two. So we're gonna be talking about his voice. And then he says, number three, that we're gonna eat together meaning I have something at this table that's gonna be available to you in this hour and it's gonna feed you in a way that you are now going to become the gold that I have told you is available for you. You see, God doesn't discipline us just to rebuke us. He rebukes us to pull us into the more and the things that he's promised. Sometimes we get, I mean, I do this all the time where I kinda, I'm like going along and I'll like be going in the wrong direction. And I'm like, "Oh, wait." And he he will rebuke me so I can get back into the fold of the place that I have have been called and chosen to flow in. Amen. All right. So then he goes on in Revelation 4:1 and he said, "After these things I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice, the voice and the door are connected, I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here, I will show you the things that must take place after this. This is a door of the prophetic. This is a door where it is is—it is a rhema word door. It is a revelatory place at this table. You're going to eat something that's going to feed you in a way that it's not just going to be a story in the Bible, but it's going to be illuminated like light, and it's going to feed your spirit to strengthen you for the days that are at hand, okay? Now, I want you to go back, and we're going to talk about this door, Um because this door is a Passover door, this door is the Passover door, so look back in the Old Testament what was happening during that time during the passover so you 've got you 've got nine plagues that has hit egypt you 've got the frogs and the flies and the locusts and i mean it 's just like ugh, right ladies good thing we weren 't living back then because that 's just terrible. But the people of God were not experiencing the plagues. So I had a dream last year, the day before Passover. And in this dream, I was with a group of people, and we were the camp of the Lord in the dream. We were the camp of the Lord, and we had to move out quickly. The place that we were going to it had to be the dark of the night and it, there you couldn't take anything with you we had to catch things on the journey and so everything we did the food and the money we had to get quickly okay so as i as we're praying we find ourselves not just praying oh god i pray that you would bless our journey we are on the ground with our faces on the floor and we're crying out to god okay and this is what I heard the Lord say. In the dream, I heard the audible voice of the Lord, and he said, I am making a difference between my people and your people. I am making a difference. You see, they, they were living in Goshen. Goshen means to draw near." And so they were living in a place called Goshen, and that's exactly what he did. He separated out his people from the plagues of the land, but there was something that they had to do. There was, he was requiring something uh, as he began to set the template and the example of this Passover meal. So he said to them, I want you to go through the door. I want you to put the blood of the lamb around the doorpost. It's going to cover the door. Now we know in the New Testament that Jesus is the lamb and it's his blood that covers that door, right? Right. So, but they had to do it. They had to be obedient to the voice of the Lord when he knocked during Passover and he said, get behind the door. Because the spirit of death is going to blanket the land. But I'm going to make a difference between my people and your people. But I'm going to hide my people away from what is happening. And they have to come through the door. Then the door is going to shut. And then What happened to the people of the land was on the other side of the door. Now, there's only a foot difference between what's going on in the culture and in Egypt and what is happening on the inside of this room where God's people are protected. So you've got one side where it's Egypt... And there, the firstborn is getting wiped out. On the inside, 12 inches away, is God's people who are protected. Death and life. Death and life. With God, without God. And he's saying to his church in this hour... Are you with me or are you with them? I am making a difference between my people and your people. This is a serious word. The Lord is saying to the prophets of the land, tell my people, behold, I am knocking. This is not a general word. This is a now word for a now moment for a now people. And he's saying, if you do not make this adjustment, and come into this place then what happens outside of this place you will not be covered so let's talk about the voice in the table so what he's doing is he is he is saying what I was talking about at Passover, I'm talking about again. There's a conversation that he had with his disciples before he went to the cross. This is going to be a key, um, this is going to be key uh, bread and food for his people in this hour. And it's going to be John 13 through John 17. He has something to say to you. It's not new, but it is going to have grace and, and, and the fresh wind of the spirit is going to be on these four chapters. So I want you to pay attention. It's actually going to be your homework and we're going to be going over it in the next several weeks, but I really want you to dive into this. But for the sake of today, um, I want you to look at John 15, um, verse 9, because I think there's a summation of it, because he talks about, through John 13 through 17, he talks about friendship, he talks about persecution, he talks about unity of the faith, uniting, as the Father is with me, I am with the Father, therefore you will be with me, okay? He talks about overcoming. The world is gonna hate you because they hated me, but you're gonna overcome because I overcame Because this is the hour. You'd have to be blind and deaf not to realize the seriousness of the hour that the earth has now entered into. The shaking, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. John 15, 9. As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. This abiding is actually a place, it's a place going through the door, I'm at the table, I'm in a place, I'm abiding with you, I'm eating with you, I'm communing with you, you and I are learning what this friendship truly is, okay? So uh, he, he speaks about this door in, um, in Matthew. When he talks to him about Matthew 24, okay, Matthew 24 is like, hey, guys, it's going to get pretty rough, and the hearts of many will grow cold during that hour, but not you you are going to overcome why he talks to them and he says, "Look, there are ten virgins ten virgins he's talking about the church there are ten ten people in the church these are all these are all his his people there there are five that are wise and five that are foolish and he says these he calls." Half of his church are going to be foolish in that hour when he says, I've opened the door, come in for those of you who have made yourself ready. Meaning you you hear my voice, you know my voice, you've heard to come, and you respond because you have oil in your lamp and you have faith to step away from the, the, the luring of the things of the world that would draw you away or keep you connected to the culture in a way that you can't come into his presence. Do you understand that? Okay. So the, the foolish and the wise virgins. Okay. So I want you to, uh, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 14. Um, because he's, he's talking about this, this supper. I'm, I'm giving this great supper. Okay. You know, when the king of glory throws a party, you know, it's going to be good. And I'll tell you what, I really, if we will forsake a lot of the things that all the idols and the things we've put our our hope in, and we go into this place of eating with him at this table, I will guarantee you that nothing that you left behind will pale in comparison. It's going to be glory. All right. So in this place, he says this, that he said, look, go tell everybody, he tells his servants, go get them all, because I'm blowing a party. I'm going to, this is going to be an amazing supper and I'm going to feed them in a way that is just going to be so revelatory. It's the mysteries of my heart that I've, that I've waited for the last generation to pour this out on them so they would be fully strengthened in love and they would be so fearless that nothing would hold them back. So, so... He tells these these three groups um, and 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 or, or the, he tells everybody and invites them these are the, the 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 virgins he's inviting the virgins to come in right and you got in verse 18 chapter 14 verse 18 um, but they all with one accord began to make excuses. the first said to him I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it I asked to be excused another said, I have bought five oaks five yoke of oxen and I am going to test them." I ask that you have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant went back and told the master and um, man, he wasn't very happy about that. He was like, "Um, yeah, you know, I prepared something really special and it took me like, you know, 6,000 years And I wrote a book, and I sent my son, and I've been really busy preparing the table for for forever, and now the table's set and, you know, the stiff necks. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to the servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. All right, let me tell you what's happening right now to this church, let me tell you what's going to start happening to you, and I'm prophesying to you, and I'm declaring this over you. You are going to pass the poor and the maimed and the blind, and you're not going to be able to pass them by anymore, because this is actually going to come to pass through you. You're going to, you're going to not be able to... to I, this morning, I was on my way to church And this has been happening to me over the last week. And I'm, you know, I mean, I'm always willing and and available, but there's something that has shifted where it's not just being willing and available to minister outside of the four walls. There is a pulling that won't allow me to pass someone by. And so I was sitting with a woman this morning under a bridge, and she and I are just talking because I couldn't pass her by. So I parked my car, and I'm on my way in, and um, and I and I we just had a nice visit and ministered to her. I invited her to church. She ended up not being able to come, but that's okay. Her name's Dorothy. Lord bless Dorothy. But I mean, I couldn't pass her by. And it's not like, oh, I want to do this because it's a, it's the right thing to do. No, there was no passing her by, because compassion actually pulled me towards her, and I couldn't not stop. There's a difference, and this is what is going to start happening to you, and this room is going to double in size because there are going to be so many homeless people in here, so many people along the way that you have said, there's a table that has been set just for you, and you've been invited to the party that the king is throwing. Amen is right. Come on. I can't wait. Psalm 91. Okay, John John 59. John 59 is basically Psalm 91. So turn in your Bibles. You guys know it. You know, I mean, we go around and we pray it and we declare it and all of that. But Psalm 91 isn't just a prayer. It's not just a scripture. It's actually one of those scriptures that is, if you do this, then this is the benefit. If you go through the door and you abide, remember, abiding is a place. It's a place. If you abide, then you will be overshadowed The dwelling place, Goshen. There is a Goshen prepared for God's people in this hour. But if you choose to stay in the streets and take your chances there instead of coming away into the supper that's been prepared for you for this moment in time, in history, before the return of the king, it is not going to go well for you. Now most of you know, I am i am a consummate party girl. Listen, I am all about fun and I am all about volleyball and cards and playing and dancing and having fun and weddings and family and laughter and joy. My joy is filled up and overflowing. I am the happy prophet and the happy intercessor. This is not that word. This is a serious word from the Lord. All right. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him I will trust And then he says, look, here are the benefits. Now, if you do verse one and two, here are the benefits. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor by the arrow that flies by day, nor by the pestilence that walks in darkness nor by the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Now listen to this. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. He doesn't say six feet apart, It shall, if you stay six feet from people, it will not come near you. I am telling you, he is saying the only thing that's gonna keep you is to be covered with this blood, to be covered under the shadow of his wings. It will not come near you. You can touch it, We are the ones that come and we permeate through that darkness and we resurrection life into these people. We are the ones that are going to heal the sick. And I'm telling you all of this because here's the thing. People are going to start coming in here because they're afraid. You've got to be the fearless ones that that bring peace and love and comfort and healing and prosperity. That's why your testimonies are going to be key for the hour that we're living in because they're going to be so afraid of the shakings that have hit the earth that when they come in, we've got to restore them back into harmony with God. We've got to be able to say, come into the room. Come behind the door. This is a place where you're going to be guarded and protected. Amen? Amen. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Remember Goshen. Goshen, the dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. No plague shall come near your dwelling. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what kind of voodoo these kings of the earth are throwing at us. I am telling you, God has provision for his people in this hour. Amen. I'm just on page two. No, I'm not. Page three. All right. Here's what he's saying to his church. I am knocking. He's saying, I am knocking. And I believe right now, more than anything else, he is saying this, you are going to become this John 17, verse 24. And I'm gonna read it over you. John 17, Father, I desire, this is speaking of you. This is not speaking of the disciples. This is about those that will believe because of his word, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. He's looking for carriers of his glory. He's looking for those who are going to come away with him, Eat of this scroll, eat of this table, and dine with him in this hour so that we can go out and get the people in the highways and the byways so that his house gets filled before he returns for the wedding supper in the sky. You are his servants. And we must respond. To what he is saying. Jesus is God of the door. It is time. He is saying to his people, Come away because I love you and I want you to be not just filled up, but I don't want to lose you. I don't want you. I don't want your time to come before it's time. And there is an overshadowing that God is saying and speaking to his church through his prophets. Come away now, now. It's no entertainment, no. On your faces, yes. So we're gonna be going through this in the next several weeks uh, next week, we have a wonderful evangelist, Wade Aaron, that's going to be coming, but, but I'm not letting this go. We're going to be going through John um, 13 through 17, and we're going to be just eating of the scroll, and we're also going to be talking about um, how to hear his voice, okay? All right, so let's go ahead and stand. So in um, in in um, Revelation three to the Laodicean church, he said, "Repent." And so we're going to do that this morning. Yes. We're just going to say, "God, I'm sorry that I have I've sown myself into the culture in a way that I've separated myself from you, and I want to return back to the first love." Okay. So Father, just raise your hands. God, we repent for all of the ways that we have become lukewarm. All of the ways, God, that we have um, considered ourselves rich and wealthy in need of nothing. God, we return now. We turn ourselves now. We return back to our first love. And, and, and we return back to a place of being hot would you fill us up with the fiery passion of your love, that we once again would burn with hunger for you? We would burn for hunger for your word and your presence, God. Would you? Would you wreck our schedules, God? Would you put yourself as the as, as before us as the foremost, most important? person in our lives as we wake and as we go to sleep, God, would you bring us through this door and we just declare to you, God, that we hear the knocking. We respond to the knocking and we say, yes, Jesus we run into your arms, we come to your table, we eat of your word, and we love you, and we thank you, God, that you love us enough to call us home, and we bless you, God, and I declare over you that you are going in, and that nothing will keep you from this table and dining with God, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.